in their talents. And that's, that's just so awesome to see. And thank God, thank God, thank God. Uh, I want to echo what Jason said about Friday night. It was totally awesome. We had a red shirts in this whole section and most of this section, John 3.16. We had John 3.17 over here. We had to keep the boys and the girls separate. And uh, then we had the rest, every, everybody else was in here. We had over, five, I think, 540 people in here. We had uh, 620 all together and uh, five salvations. And that's a yay God. And just we had people from everywhere. We had a special guest here. Uh, a young lady that I have grown to love, and I've shared her story. Brandy Cox, would you stand up? This is, this is the young lady we've shared her story many times. And uh, y'all pray for, for them. They need to come home. And they need to sell a house, and they just need to, they just need to be home. And uh, so we're, we're excited about that. You know, we have lots of outreaches in this church. We do... I mean, we do things like coming up on Halloween, we, we'll be down at the Pocket Park, and uh, we just do all kinds of different outreaches. Sometimes the kids go and, you know, they'll clean Main Street, they'll, you know, the flower beds and all of that, and we, we have gone to Westside and handed out hot dogs, we've done fruit, we've done all kinds of outreaches. We have uh, refurbished city parks and, and different things over the years and just lots of lots of different things but this celebrate recovery has been one of our our most fruitful outreaches that we have done we've seen literally hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and uh, there's there's not a lot of places 20 years ago I would not have let this happen in this church I just wouldn't have let it happen. I was too much of a Pharisee. And God had to do a work in my heart in order to open this door. Because, I mean, at CR, you can see the dirt. But I've learned to look for the gold. You know, and that's, you got to learn those lessons. You got to learn those lessons. And it's just, it's, it's tough being religious. And uh, I finally realized that Jesus is not a religion. He's a relationship. And that we can have a relationship with him. And we can love people and see their dirt. And we can dig for the gold that's in them. Uh, so, you know, CR reaches them. They start them on the process. And what, what I do on Sunday mornings and what Joe does on Sunday mornings is is we're enriching the process. Our, our, my, my passion in my heart, more than reaching people, is teaching people. That's just, you know, it takes all kinds. You gotta have the evangelist, you gotta have the one that, you know, that's preaching Jesus and come to the cross and that. And we, we do that some, but that's not my main thrust. My main thrust is I want you to know and understand how much God loves you, what He's done for you. And, and how he wants to change you. And uh, I, I say this all the time. I'm going to continue to say it. It's going to, until it pours out of our skins. We sweat it and bleed it and everything else. That He loves us where we are. He loves us. He, he saw our dirt. He sees our dirt. 
He hates our dirt. And that's why he sent his son. Because unless he sent his son, we were going to die in our dirt. And we were going to be eternally separated from God. And he did not want that to happen. So he sent his son to provide a, a method, a way that we could come to him and have a relationship with him. And he could help us through that relationship deal with the dirt. And listen, we all still have dirt in our lives. And he still loves us. He loves us right where we're at. But he loves us too much to leave us there. Because if we stay in our dirt, we're going to return to death. See, our dirt kills us. But he has deposited in every one of us gold. Gold on the inside of us. And that's what he wants us to grasp. And if, we, if we'll grasp the gold, the dirt will fall off. God is a miner for gold. He put it in us and he is busy, busy, busy. He who that has begun a good work in you will perform it to the day of Christ Jesus. That's what the scripture tells us. <clears throat> Today we're going to conclude our series called Man in the Mirror. And you know, as, as I was thinking about this series, it just kind of unfolds to me sometimes, is that we have a mirror on the inside of us. We do. And we look in that mirror and we perceive ourselves. And I don't know about you, but I have looked in my mirror all through my life. And I just didn't like what I saw. But what I didn't realize, that's not the way my father saw me. He saw what he put in me. He saw what he designed me for. He saw what I could be, not what I was. I, I, I know you look at me now and you could never believe this, but when I was in junior high school, I weighed 100 pounds. That's with my football pads and helmet on. I weighed less than 100 pounds. I was little. I was about the size of Jackson when I was that age. I, and I didn't grow till I got out of high school. And, uh, you know, I liked girls when I was in high school, but I wouldn't talk to one because most of them were bigger than me. That's pretty intimidating. And, you know, you're looking up at this girl and you're trying to think, oh, my gosh, I couldn't invite her out. She, I mean, she thinks I'm a shrimp because I saw myself that way. So we have a mirror on the inside of us the way that we perceive ourselves. But God doesn't want us to live there. He wants us to look in the mirror of his word and begin to see ourselves the way that he sees. See, James chapter 1, verse 23 and 4, this is the foundation text. It says, For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. God has projected through the scripture an image of who we are. We have in our hearts an image of the way that we see ourselves. And we will not become what we're supposed to be until we quit perceiving ourselves in this mirror that we have on the inside of us and we start perceiving ourselves in light of the way that the mirror of God's word projects that we are. Now, that's good stuff right there. I don't care who you are. 
That, that's, that is profound. That's good, 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 good. So we've been going through scriptures, and uh, we, we handed out verses for two weeks. I, I didn't make any more today, but if, if you lost yours or you need one, we can make some copies. I, what I want you to do is take these verses. Uh, there's a whole list of verses here that, uh, that you can begin to see yourself the way that God sees you. And like I said, first service, what you need to do is you need to put that in your pipe and smoke it. <laughs> now, I know what some people think. I'm not talking about a bong. Okay, I'm not talking. In other words, that's a, that's, a, that's a metaphor for think on these things. I could say chew on this. Chew your could. Chew on these things. The longer that you chew on these things, the more that... What's in here will line up with what is in there. When you see these promises of God, they will transform your life. But you've got to not just be a hearer, you've got to be a doer. You've got to be a doer. You've got you you to smoke it in your pipe, okay? You've got you to meditate on it. You've got to begin to say these things. You, you begin to act in accordance to what you're seeing in the Word, not what you see in here. When I realized that I was called to preach, I could not talk before people. I had a Methodist preacher one time in a revival. After the service, he pointed his finger at me. He says, boy, the call to preach is all over you. When he said that, I just flooded with tears. Number one, I knew he was right. Number two, I couldn't do it. Because of what I saw in here. Not because of what I saw in here. And I had to go through a process of seeing myself in here to change what I saw in here. And it took a while. <laughs> and, and can I just be honest? I still have to work on it. Because I struggle, still struggle in areas like that boy I can get up and talk to people now I used to be so shy that I couldn't look you in the eye and talk to you because of what what I saw about myself is what I thought you saw and that just paralyzes you with fear now I'm, I didn't say this first service I'm talking to somebody here I may be talking to several somebody's here I was paralyzed by fear and there's so many Christians today that will not do what God lays on their heart to do because they're paralyzed by fear. And it all has to do with, they see this in the mirror of their heart and they say, I can't. I can't because. And we have a million excuses why we can't because. But listen, if God lays something on your heart to do, He provides a way for that to be done. I cannot do what I have done. Does that make sense? I couldn't do this without him. I could not do this without seeing what he said about me. I just couldn't. I couldn't do it. I couldn't get there. So we're going to look at some verses today. In fact, we're going to look as, as many as we can 
And we're not going to get through all of them. This is why you got the handout so you can go home. You can meditate on these things. You can smoke it. You can chew on it. You can, uh, whatever it is that you do is to get these in your heart and change what's in here. I'm going to start with 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30. The first part of it, then we'll come back to the second part. It says, but of him you are in Christ Jesus. You're in Christ today not because you sought to be in Christ, but it was his idea. It was God's idea, not your idea. You didn't find Jesus. He sought you out. Jesus said, no one comes to me unless the Father draws them. Before you ever turned your heart towards God, there was a drawing of your Father God. This just shows you the heart of the Father. Now, does God hate the dirt? Absolutely. You know why God hates the dirt in our lives? Because He sees what it does to us. He sees how it separates us from Him. That's why He hates sin so much. It cripples and paralyzes us and keeps us from becoming what we were designed to be. We love our dirt until it kills us. There's pleasure in sin for a season. But there, the, the Bible says there's a way that seems right unto a man. But the ends thereof is the way of death. And that's what God hates. He's not a party pooper. God is not a party pooper. He's not out to spoil your life. He's not out to, to diminish you. That's what the dirt does. The dirt diminishes you. They, I, I never drank in my life, but they say it's a lot of fun. <laughs> but it'll kill you because it leads... To more and more and more and more and more and more and more. And there's some people who can't control it. And, then, and it just becomes an obsession in their life. Anything that becomes an obsession in our lives, it could be many things. It doesn't have to be a substance. It could be shopping. It could be deer hunting. It could be, it could be oh, this is deer season, isn't it? T's back there shaking his head. Come on now. It could, it could be, it could be it, anything that gets between us and God is dirty. And God is not opposed to us having a good time, is he? He just doesn't want things controlling us because it separates our relationship. We, we separate ourselves from him. So, but it's, it was his ideal. Of him are you in Christ Jesus. All God had to do at the fall was nothing. All he had to do. He could have said, Adam, if you, if you do this, you'll surely die. Adam did it. He was separated from God and began to die. All God had to do is stand back and say, okay, you chose it. You live in it. But thank God he didn't. He made a, he made a promise right there in Genesis 3.15 about a Messiah that would come and would crush the power of the serpent. See, grace was his ideal. It's not an invention of man. Religion is an invention of man. Grace is an invention of God. 
because it, it shows his heart. It shows what he's like. The Bible tells us God is what? Love. He's love. And so this, this shows us this aspect of God. You say, yeah, but isn't he going to judge? Yes, he's going to judge. But listen, we live in a day of grace. If you, can I just say this? If you reject grace, then you will face judgment. And you will face judgment without mercy. But that's not what he has for you. We don't need to stand back here looking at God's grace and doing this. Keep away. And there's a lot of reasons that we keep away. Some people get hurt by church. Some people have a wrong image of what God is like. Some people love their dirt. There's a lot of reasons that we keep God. And as long as we keep God, He's going to call, but He's not going to intrude. You need to hear this. He woos, he doesn't ravage. Today, Jesus is calling softly and tenderly. Jesus is calling. He's calling to you and to me. Now, I need to respond to that. But if I don't, he'll continue to call. Until that day is over, then it'll change. Okay, let's get into some verses here. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. We're going to cover as many of these as we can. I didn't get through all of them. So, therefore, if anyone is in Christ. Now, we've picked scriptures that, that have this phrase. In him, in whom, in Christ, through Christ, in the beloved. We've, we've picked these scriptures because these pictures, these scriptures gives us pictures of the way that God sees us and our position in Christ. Our position, the way that God reacts to us. This says that if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. You know it didn't say he's refurbished? He didn't turn us over like a mattress? Didn't take us out on the clothesline and beat the tar out of us to get all of the stuff out of us? Think back to creation in the beginning. In the beginning, what did God do? He created the heavens and the earth. What did he create them out of? There was no substance that could be seen or perceived out of which he created. Some say he created it out of nothing, nothing that's perceptible. He created it by faith. Faith is the substance but we can't perceive that substance. So basically, it came from nothing that was already there. So if any man is a new creation in Christ, it's not a, a refurbishing, it's not a, a coat of paint, it's not anything like that. It is something that did not exist before. It's called being born again. The new birth. Isn't that good? If any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. Then he goes on to say, old things have passed away. I love that. Does anybody here have a past? Are you proud of all your past? 
Does anybody here have anything that in their past that they're ashamed of? Some of you are lying through your teeth. Every one of us <laughs> has got things that we're ashamed of. Wouldn't you hate to have to get up here in front of the church and tell all your little dirty, dark secrets? This says, if any man's in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things are what? Passed away. In other words, everything till you got in Christ is gone. It passed away. That's not who you are anymore. You're a new creation. The old is past. Behold, all things have become new. You're living as a new creature, a new creation in Christ. We'll see what that looks like in just a minute. I love that verse, don't you? You should. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 says this. For we are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. Okay? Now where do the good works start? After we were created in Christ Jesus. You didn't get in Christ Jesus by your good works. Because your good works weren't that good. You have not been good enough to be in Christ Jesus. That's, that's not the deal. I'm so glad that that's not the deal. Because listen, since I have been in Christ Jesus, I've had sinful attitudes I've had sinful eyes, I've had sinful words, I've had sinful actions. Can anybody identify with that? We all have had those things in our life. So if, I, if, if me being in Christ had to do with that, I wouldn't be in Christ anymore. But guess what? In Christ, I'm a new creation. I am His workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. My good works did not get me in Christ, but my good works are a result of being in Christ. This, this describes what God wants to do in us. When we come to Christ, we come just as I am without one plea. I'll tell you what, some of our old hymns have, has wonderful doctrine in it. Just as I am without one plea, I did not have a plea I did not have a grounds to stand on before the judge. I come just as I am in my dirt. See, Jesus died for me while I was yet in my sin. In fact, I wasn't even born yet. And he died for me while I was in my sin, in my dirt. And if he didn't create a path for me, my dirt would have kept me out. But I'm His workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. Then the second part of that verse says, Which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Should Christians have good works? Absolutely. It's called fruit. Fruit. If you're in Christ and Christ is in you and you're connected, I'm the vine, you're the branches... He said, without me, you can do nothing. 
but with me you can be fruitful. Guess what? That's what we're created for, too, is the good works. But that's not what gets us there. Let's look in 2 Corinthians 5.21. For God, and, and I'm, because I'm taking this in the middle of the context, for God made Jesus, who knew no sin, to be sin for us. I saw a statistic sometime back about what evangelicals believe. And a great majority of evangelical, evangelicals believe that Jesus sinned. Can I just say something to you? If Jesus ever committed one sin, then you're still in your sin. Because this says, For He made Him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. There was a great exchange that took place. Jesus had no sin. We were full of sin. Jesus was made to be sin with our sin so that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. He took off His white robe of righteousness, took our dirty, filthy, bloody, pussy rags, and He put them on and gave us His robe. And it's called right standing with God. That's who you are. That's who you are. That's the way God looks at you. That's the way He sees you. And listen, if you ever get that mirror on the inside of you, you'll be a different person. You'll be a different person. See, that's what God's up to. He's up to changing hearts. See, He don't save you just so you won't go to hell. It, this, we're not talking about just fire insurance. God's not in the fire insurance business. God saves you so that He can change you, so that you can be a reflector of His glory, and that other people might come to Christ and know Christ. The heavens declare the glory of God. You can look at the heavens and you think, there has to be a God. People should look at us and say, there has to be a God. When they hear your story and they look at you now, they have to say, there has to be a God. Isn't that true? I'm preaching good today. <laughs> he that tooteth not his own horn. Okay. I'm kidding. Romans chapter 8. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Now, condemnation is kind of like a, a, a judicial term. There is, no con, there is no verdict of guilty to those who are in Christ Jesus. God says not guilty. But guess what? I am. I'm guilty. But God says, not guilty. Why can God say not guilty? Because he who knew no sin 
was made to be sin that I might become the righteousness of God in him. Do you see yourself as righteous? Or when you look in the mirror, is all you see the dirt? Can God see the dirt? Yes, but he doesn't, ju he doesn't judge us according to the dirt. He judges us according to us being in Christ. You're all quiet. Does that mean you're thinking? Soaking? Here we go. 1 Corinthians 1.30 But of him... This is, we're going to look at the last part. But of him you are in Christ Jesus, who became for us, because we're in Christ, he became for us wisdom from God and righteousness, which is right standing, and sanctification. What is sanctification? It is the setting aside for, 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 for glory, for, for his purposes and redemption. We are bought by his blood. Romans 5.17 says this, For if by one man's offense death reigned through one, whose, whose offense was that? That was Adam's offense. Much more, those who receive, receive. What do we got to do? We have to receive abundance of grace and of the gift of right standing will reign in life through one, Christ Jesus. How do I overcome? Through Christ Jesus. How do I reign? Through Christ Jesus. That's it. That's it. That's, that is my position in Him. Colossians 1, 13, 14. He has delivered us. Jesus has delivered, or God has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sin. Didn't say that He covered our sins over. That happened in the Old Testament. That's what the blood of the bulls and goats did in the, in the animal sacrifices. They covered the sin. But you know what He does in, in us? He forgives the sin. He eradicates the sin. He removes the sin from us. And the guilt for the sin, as far as the east is from the west, that's how far our sin has been removed from us because we are in Christ Jesus. Ephesians 1, 7, in Him, this is this word again, we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness. I just read that one, didn't I? Romans 8, 2. For the law of the, of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Now, what did the law of sin and death say? That if I sin, then I die. What was it that Adam, uh, God said to Adam, He said, you can eat of any tree you want to, but not of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For the day that you eat of it, in dying you shall die. That's the law of sin and death. He ate, he sinned, he died. Do we still sin sometimes? Does that mean that we're out of Christ? We have been free from the law of sin and death. The, the, the law 
How does it say it? For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. How did it do that? Because he paid the price for that sin. It's not just your past sin. It's your present sin, your future sin. The price is paid. We just need to appropriate it. We need to appropriate it. We're set free from the law of sin and death. We are under the law of the spirit of the law of, uh, uh, in Christ Jesus. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. 1 John 4.4 4. It says this. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. That's powerful. Have you looked at the world? Have you looked at the way the world's going? Isn't it crazy out there? Isn't our political system right now crazy? Isn't the, the things that are happening in the world, isn't it crazy? It just seems like the world and even our nation and our government and everything is getting more and more anti-God, anti-Israel. It's just, it's just going, it's just like rolling and God seems to be more insignificant. But this says that greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. Let me tell you something, what's going to happen. It don't look like it. In the natural, it don't look like it. But the kingdoms of this world will become the kingdoms of our God and of his Christ. And we will reign with him forever and ever and ever. That's what's going to happen. It don't look like it, but because we're in Christ, that's what's going to happen. Because the, the greater one lives in us. And listen, through that greater one that lives in us, we can overcome the spirit that's in the world. One more scripture, two more scriptures. Ooh. Romans 8, 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, help me out here. Shall tribulation, distress, persecution, famineness, famine, <laughs> I looked at that next word, nakedness, <laughs> peril, sword, as it is written, for your sake we are killed all day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, things to come, nor, thing, nor height, or depth, or any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Oh, that's good. Therefore, we can say what it says in Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can't do it in me, but I can do it in Christ because He strengthens me. That has to do with the power of His Spirit that lives in us. Amen. The end. Now, I encourage you, make this yours. Take these truths and transform what you see in your mirror 
that's in your heart. You'll become more like Jesus. And you'll reflect his glory more and more and more. Amen. Prayer team, would you come? We're going to worship. Let me ask you a question. I say this sometimes. What did the Holy Spirit say to you today? What did the Holy Spirit say to you today? There's some specific things that were said that weren't said in the first service or weren't in the notes. So I know the Spirit of God is speaking to people. It's not me. I take no credit, want no credit, but it struck your heart. It may have pierced you like an arrow. It may have convicted you. It may have affected your heart in a different way. You need to respond to that. However you're going to respond. We've got people here that will pray with you. Now, if you're here today and you have not received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, that is the most important thing that you can do today. That's how you get in Christ. And when you're in Him, guess what? You become what we're talking about in these verses. Outside of Him, you're not. But listen, softly and tenderly, Jesus is calling He's calling to you today. Will you respond? Let's stand together. We're going to sing one more song.